everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. Oh my god, people were like saying that it made them feel really positive and good. I was like, yes, it's worth like, a while. Yes. Okay, we're live now. <clears throat> Welcome to Friday's Live. Woo-woo. I'm in a onesie. Happy lockdown. My dad goes to me, what on earth are you wearing? I was like, it's my onesie, dad. Chill. <laughs> Gosh. God, dad. He's like stomping around the house in his walking boots. I'm like, what are you wearing, Dickie? Do, do tell. Pray tell. Okay. Pray tell. Um, do you have any exciting news before we get on to the exciting questions? Not really. <laughs> no. I have no no news at all. Okay, neither do I, so let's go. Okay. <laughs> okay, so this is gonna be primarily focused on grad questions. So first question for the grads. Listen to the podcast with Sophie. I really okay. struggle with TH and F words. Right, so Fee, gut health. Um, from the previous round, she is so interesting and informative. Will she mm-hmm. or other guests be back? Love you girls and the EC method. I'm so glad I signed up uh, to this. It's literally life-changing. Oh, thank you. Um, I imagine, yes. we, we, like, will we get the same guests back? Probably different ones. Yeah, I think sometimes, you know, gut gut health is something which will probably come up frequently. So we'll probably get her back at some point. Obviously, James is going to come on tomorrow. I don't know time yet, so I don't want you guys to be like too pedantic about watching it as live because I I, I don't want to give you a time quite yet because it depends on his schedule, which is hectic. Um, So we'll get him on tomorrow. And yeah, we definitely will have guests. Um, But what we did last time is we had guests like once a week. And then all of a sudden we had like grads asking for, or not grads, just EC alum asking for topics. So then we switched guests to do a topic episode. But yeah, we'll probably, I think now we're in the middle and we've kind of got all the kind of housekeeping out the way. Now we'll start doing guests and or topics every week again, but we like to answer questions first. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And I think given how many questions there are right at the start, it makes sense to do three Q and A's and then... Mm we can move over to doing more topic based ones and then I think probably like we'll probably do topics and then if we feel like we would really benefit from having an expert on on the topic then we bring them yeah also it was because in the last round I think it was Vicky specifically but I think a few of the grads were like oh we'd really like our own kind of live our own Q&A because you know they felt like they'd kind of done a lot of them had done the um, the fat loss thing and they were into a hypertrophy phase and they the questions were a bit different from like, should I drop my calories? Um, so they were like, and so kind of used that as the new topic live. But yeah, in short, we will. We'll have guests, we'll do topic lives. Um, and usually they'll start in the middle of each round. Okay. This question may be one of those it depends questions, but it's about stretch skin on your stomach from having babies slash a baby. <laughs> when you get to a lean stage where there is not much fat on your stomach and you've built some core muscle will you be able to see muscle 
definition or will the saggy skin hide it? I'm just wondering what might what I might be able to look like one day. I'm in round two. I'm still in fat loss, so not expecting to be able to see it just yet. Yeah, we get this question every round. We have a lot of mums on the EC method. Um, and this is a question that comes up time and time again. My skin stretched uh, through via pregnancy. Will it ever go back to quote unquote normal? Um, look, it can. I would venture to say that like most of the time it does. However, some of the time it doesn't. Um, and there's really nothing you can do if it doesn't. You can probably still see a low body fat and defined stomach, but that skin that you're referring to is likely not going anywhere. Um, unless, of course, you opt for surgery, which is totally your choice. Emma and I think that it's, you know, completely unnecessary, but it's not our bodies. It's your body. So it's your choice. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much the the honest answer. Emma? Yeah, I think this is really important to cover, not just if you've had a baby, but potentially if you've lost a lot of body a fat lot of like weight. you mm. will have excess skin and the reason that we want you to know that that might not go away isn't to discourage you in fact the complete opposite because you see a lot of people who are like what am i doing wrong i still have like this yeah. skin on my stomach it is skin it's not body fat you can't just get yeah. rid of it from more and more dieting so don't think that you're doing anything wrong whatsoever as chloe's saying we would rather or we would hope that you can accept your body and that that's almost like a medal of honor like my mum's mm -hmm. got like from having me like excess skin but like marks from a cesarean blah 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 yeah, so but it's like that well you create I mean I hope it was worth it <laughs> but I mean you've had a baby that's amazing or you've lost a hell of a lot of body fat that's amazing yeah um but yeah we don't want to create like false expectations and for some people it will go back to normal Mm. and for other people you know like maybe after your first baby maybe it does go back to normal and then you have another one and it doesn't quite go back to what it was before but also remember that as you age your skin becomes a little bit more saggy as well and that's just like yeah. the normal part of gravity pulling us down <laughs> <laughs> yeah aging and gravity and taxes things that you can't fight <laughs> against people so accepted has to come in <laughs> yeah okay um this is from a grad. No questions, but just wanted to say how much I'm enjoying the EC method round two. Love you ladies in the program so much. Can't imagine life without it anymore. Aww. Okay, this is a question. My GP recently confirmed what I've long suspected. I am perimenopausal. Her advice was to one, start resistance training, two, take a vitamin D supplement, and three, eat a calcium rich diet and supplement if needed. My question relates to point three, calcium intake. As a result of looking at calcium intake to check it is sufficient, I have discovered that it typically significantly exceeds daily recommended allowance. I know that too much calcium via supplementation can be harmful, but does the same apply to calcium from food sources? I typically get around 3,300 milligrams to 3,500 milligrams a day, Greek yogurt, almond milk, chai seeds, sardines, etc. But um, have days of around the 5,500 mark. I know calcium supplementation should not exceed 1,000 milligrams a day. 
but I haven't been uh, able to find any guidance of dietary calcium. Sorry, this cut off a little bit. Um, I think we get, yeah, Mm. I think we get the gist. Um, Yeah. So a couple of things, usually the recommended daily allowance is actually how much you need not to be sufficient, not necessarily the optimal amount for you. So that would be one thing. Um, You are right that actually too much calcium is not a good thing anymore. And it, it sort of disrupts the balance with other things, especially vitamin D. However, I would say that it's probably very hard to 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 eat too much calcium from food, which yeah. is kind of why we're always a little bit hesitant to recommend supplements because you can throw things off whack with supplements. But actually, it's very, very unlikely you would do that with food unless you had an extremely restrictive diet that was really... Like, it, I don't know, if you were doing, like, the GoMad diet, which is, like, a gallon of milk a day or something, but not eating I don't even else. know what the GoMad diet is. What is that? It's, like, people use it to bulk. It's it, So it stands for a gallon of milk a day. GoMad. Cool. Sounds very American. Would not recommend, because you probably shit yourself, but... <laughs> if, if you were doing something, like, ridiculous, then I think from your diet that could happen, but... If you're getting it from things, the sources that you're saying, like I really, like I would not be concerned about that at all. If you are, speak to your doctor. But I'm assuming yeah. also that you probably just had a blood test. Yeah, they've probably checked a lot of things, and she'll be saying that like vitamin D and calcium because she wants to keep your bones strong and healthy because you're perimenopausal. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on if you're taking HRT or not as well, you might want to look at. Um, things that are high in soy or soy products um, so, yeah. um, and also go and listen to the menopause podcast that I put up from because mm. it's it's quite short and sharp and really really useful information yeah I second what Emma said it's highly unlikely you're overdoing calcium intake via dietary um, choices like, highly unlikely like if not near on impossible so I really wouldn't worry about that at all if she's telling you if your doctor is telling you to have a calcium supplement as Emma said it is likely well it's obviously because of just aging and bone health and bone degeneration um and also if you've done a blood test there might be indications that you know you are you are calcium deficient and I'm not sure because you say that you focus on getting it in your diet so it could just be that she's throwing it in there but it might be that you're calcium deficient, um, in which case you do need to take a supplement. Um, if you're nervous, obviously uh, supplements all come with different um, milligrams. And so just go on the lower end of it and or ask her, say, can you recommend a good dosage or supplement like specific? Um, and and yeah, but, I, but as Emma said, highly unlikely you're overdoing it with diet. So I would just throw that in the bin go for a lower dosage supplement um, and and or ask her what she recommends for you because if you are deficient she will likely have a good idea of what you should be aiming for yeah I would definitely ask Mm. because it might be just a blanket recommendation that she's like anyone that's perimenopausal I want you doing this yeah or it might be that you've shown low levels and Mm -hmm. even if it's high in your diet that doesn't necessarily mean that you're absorbing all of it exactly so that might be something as well and sometimes things like 
I know, and I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know there's a there's a correlation between vitamin D and calcium absorption, and sometimes having like too low of one of them can affect the other one and how well that's absorbed, etc. So it's not just what you're getting in; it's like the balance of everything within your body. Yeah. Um. This might be more one for Sam. But this week I've noticed a hard and tender lump appear in the centre of my chest. Mm. Okay, this is quite long. I would go to the doctor. I would too, 100%. Anytime, anytime, anything like that pops up, go to the doctor, get it looked at. Yeah. Yep. Um, a lot of grads just saying no questions, but loving the home workouts. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. I wanted to talk about this. Someone was like, oh, I did one of the home workouts and it took me like half an hour. Is that okay? Yes. As I've said a million times, guys, also a lot of you are coming in from the gym workouts, obviously, to, to now the home weighted workouts. There's a little tab under it. So it says details. So on all of my weighted workouts, I really do put instructions in terms of sets, reps, uh, tips on how you can exhaust things like lower body, which are incredibly hard to fatigue at home with home weight. Um, and I really do try and kind of give you all the tools that you need. Um, and it's completely normal that they'll, especially if you're a newbie, they'll be taking you like half an hour. Grads have a bit more volume, so they're probably taking a bit longer to do them. All your volume is going to go up. And also we're now at the halfway mark. Um, so you're, those of you in a Whoa. fatless phase, what? Um, those of you in a fatless phase, I'm just going to add a little bit of a cardio time for you just to make sure that you guys can hopefully like keep the ball rolling keep the momentum going keep the calories higher um so yeah always read the details but i love that so many of you are enjoying them yay okay next question i feel like i'm having the biggest wobble over hypertrophy i'm really hungry and i'm struggling to get any consistency with my calories i'm now on 2100 i now feel bloated and fat and like i'm ready to throw the scales out the window as they don't reflect how I feel. Um, now with no gym and no routine, it all feels a little daunting. I think I'm missing the comfort and control of fat loss. My goal, my goal to be less crazy is fading. <laughs> Why is there no routine? Like there's absolutely no need to be no routine. And there's also yeah. no need to like, I get that there's comfort and control in fat loss, but you can just flip that into now meeting your hypertrophy goals. Like we talk about process goals all the time. It's the same thing. You're still ticking off these process goals. They have just changed. So it's making sure that you eat enough calories instead of saying below your calories. It's making sure that you fuel and adapt your workouts really well. Like putting in the effort there, still staying active. You can create your own structure and routine. Yes, you might be in lockdown, but does that mean like if you're someone who, you know, like doesn't do well without routine or who thrives with routine, set yourself a routine. It's as simple as that. Like get up, have a morning routine, know that at whatever time it is, you go for your walk, whatever time it is, you do your gym session. Even if you only have like those three things in the day to structure your day, that's enough structure. Like you have something, you've got a reason to get up. You've got a time that you're doing X, you've got a time you're doing something else. And that gives you structure throughout the day. I completely agree with Emma. Just because, you know, the goal isn't fat loss, it doesn't mean there's no goal. And it doesn't mean that your whole 
routine has to be thrown off track. Like as she just talked about, you know, so for me, like I get up every morning and I work out like either at the gym or, you know, at my, in my house with James, we obviously have like a little garage gym, which is great. Um, here at my parents' house in London, which is where I am for flat reasons, which I won't go into, we've got like one set of dumbbells and a treadmill. And it doesn't matter what I, I find something I can do. I find an effective workout. I get up every morning and I work out. I then make sure that throughout the course of the day, I'm eating at regular intervals so that A, I don't get really hungry and then just want to eat everything in the world. And so that B, I am keeping an eye on my you know, muscle protein synthesis and I'm basically eating towards my goals. Now, as I've talked about in a few of the last lives, there have definitely been days now I'm not in a fat loss phase where I'm kind of like, eh, I know I'm going to be like 500 calories over today and I'm not going to make it up tomorrow because fat loss isn't my goal. And that might mean that I gain a little bit of fat, but it doesn't mean that then all of my plans and all of my goals and all of my routines fall by the wayside. It's just something that I basically accept and embrace and then I carry on. Um, it shouldn't be like that. Um, I think I know who this is and it's because the scales, she's really, really active and the scales are going, are still trending down, even though we're pushing her calories up higher. Um, and I will say this, babe, if you are feeling hungry all the time, that's a very good sign that your metabolic rate is fully functioning and that you are you, you need to be eating to A, fuel your workouts, B, recover from your workouts and C, actually grow some muscle. Um, so I've told you to stay on this like 2100 calories for the next couple of weeks. But honestly, if you're feeling hungry all the time and fat loss isn't the goal, and I know that your scales are trending down, you need to increase your food. Um, and that's what I would say. Yeah, agreed. If, if Yeah, sounds like you just need to eat a bit more. The other thing yeah. that sometimes happens, and for a lot of people listening, this is going to be like, mm, that, that the complete opposite happens to me. But if you've been in fat loss for quite a long time and... I know that I've fallen into this sort of trend before, but if, if I know it's fat loss, I will always err on the side of caution. So I'm like, mm. Mm, that meal's about 500 calories. I'll, in my head, log it as 600 calories. Yeah. Sometimes when you move into hypertrophy, you're still in the way of doing that. Oh, that looks about 600 calories. Yeah, log it as that. When actually it's probably closer to 400. And that, so you kind of have to flip that round and say, right, if I think that that is about 500 calories, I'm going to log it as as like a little bit less potentially because I always want to be in a slight surplus yeah bear in mind things like that as well okay ladies I know we've talked about this so many times but I have struggled with this and uh this past week training has been bang on it always is I never let it slip ever food I'd say 80% clean 20% alcohol and snacks though it has been my time of the month, so my appetite has increased. Nothing ever satisfies me, but I need a real kick up the ass as my head is in the fuck it bucket. What's wrong with me? How do I overcome this cycle? Instead of a podcast, maybe you could both record a bollocking that we can play to ourselves <laughs> when we struggle like this. I don't uh-huh. think you need a bollocking. I think you need to reframe what you're doing. Like, 80% clean, 20 You know, if you're... That's kind of what we want right we want 80 yeah. percent. i wouldn't say clean but like good healthy nutritious food yeah. and then 20 percent of a little bit of what you want and especially around your time of the month like be a little bit kind to yourself i agree i think um it doesn't sound to me like you're in the fuck it bucket at all it sounds to me like you're smashing your workouts you're getting it done you're eating what's 80%. the opposite of the fuck it bucket 
the Success Express. It's really hard for me to say. There's way too many S's on that for me. (laughs) The Success Express. Everyone will be like, say it again, do it again. Um, Yeah, it doesn't sound like, it sounds like you're on the Success Express. (laughs) Anyway, just to to spare everybody that um, countdown conundrum. it sounds like you're doing really well and eating 80% nutritious food and 20% because it sounds like you're on your cycle, which means that you're probably in a pit of self-loathing and maybe having that 20% of like shit food. Pretty normal. Um, I agree with what Emma said. I think you need to take a step back and be a little bit objective. Are there areas, you know, you could tighten up? It sounds to me like if there are, it, it's minimal. Do you need to tighten them up right now? If you like are really gunning for like, you know, to get like, to get mentally like strong and on track then yeah go for it if you're like actually no I can afford to just be chill a little bit chill for a week fine get be patient with yourself but yeah step back and be objective because it doesn't sound like you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater at all no um okay round four for me first two rounds I worked my ass off we only have four weeks left and we're in lockdown from Wednesday I know my mindset needs to be stronger I know I need to be consistent with training and and focused. I know it's no excuse. I've let myself down and your time. My question is, can I pull it back for the last month? Also, one more thing. I struggle with water. Any tips on getting in a lot of water? P.S. Girls, proud of you both. You've done so well with the group. Aww. Aww. Firstly, like, yeah. You can you can make yeah. massive changes in a month, mm-hmm. massive. And even if like, and also, there's so much emphasis on this like timeline. Oh, can I do it in a month? Even if now is you starting, like you're going to be closer than you were by the end of this month. But that's not the end. Like even if you're leaving the EC method after this month or after this block, that's not the end. You can carry on these behaviors. That's the whole point. Is that you're you're fitting this stuff into your life you're carrying on some of these behaviors and some of the things that you've learned and some of the things that you learn about yourself throughout this is then what you use like potentially for the rest of your life so yeah don't don't um limit yourself to a month yeah I completely agree with Emma um look sometimes guys and you know obviously we've been coaching a long time so we've seen this happen over and over and over again consistently sometimes people go in with the best intentions but they're not quite ready for some reason you know they're not quite ready to make a sacrifice that they need to make they're not quite backing themselves or believing in themselves that they can really do it yet and sometimes there's a few hurdles that we fall out before the client takes off and it happens and it even happens to us well I can't speak for Emma but I've definitely have had fat loss phases which have taken <laughs> taken a long old runway to take off. And then I've had fat loss phases where day one I'm on it. Like it happens sometimes. Like we're not robots. We're not, you know, like, you know, perfectly timed calendars. We're humans and, and, and it's not always the best time. Um, however, is it possible for you to get amazing results in four weeks? Yes. Um, obviously my first book, which I now would not recommend to anyone, but you know, there we go. My first book, Four Week Body Blitz, got everybody unbelievable results. Unbelievable. And the reason it got people amazing results is because it was a savage calorie deficit. It was a savage home workout um, kind of, I think I did, was it five or six days a week? 
home workout routine and it was like really like I mean it called the four-week body blitz so there is no room for error and everybody who did it got the most amazing results the reason I did the follow-up book was because the fact of the matter is you get killer results like that in four weeks it's pretty unmaintainable long term so I did the follow-up book is kind of like a more long-term strategy now the former answers your question yes it's possible the latter should hopefully give you some food for thought you have exactly what Emma said, enough files and workouts and podcasts and you know Facebook tags at your disposal to know how to do this now going forward. You've learned, hopefully you've probably, you've, hopefully you've learned a lot in the last four weeks. Um, so I would just say, yeah, start, get the ball rolling, go easy on yourself so you don't, you don't trip yourself up and overwhelm yourself. And absolutely, the time is now. Yes. What's the old like Japanese proverb? It's like, the best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago. The second best time is now. Bam. Basically, start now. <clears throat> That's what happens you have... in, in Scotland, mate. Huh? <laughs> oh, just laughing at you and your amazing articulation of the Japanese proverb. <laughs> is it proverb or proverb? I don't even know. Oh, I don't know. Um, I'm making some notes on something. Oh, that's exciting because we're almost finished the grad questions. So um, the water intake, I mean, you could drink cordial, whatever, squash. You could uh, just always have some water with you. Make sure you have a glass every time you have a meal. Um, Drink some tea and coffee. You can always put stuff in your water. Yeah, it, it doesn't have straight, obviously like straight up water is probably, you know, ideal, but it doesn't have to be straight up water. There's loads of stuff that will count towards your water intake for the day, including tea and coffee. Um, I like to put, and, and, you know, Emma will say it's not great for your teeth and she's completely right, but I like to put like slices of lemon or orange peel in my water, it just kind of infuses it. Um, but yeah, cordial and squash, as long as you're tracking it, like go for it. Right, what are you writing notes on? Right, so we have a countdown conundrum and Emma, I wanted us to talk about it on this live. So we have a client called Nanette Oaks. Hey, Nanette. And um, basically, she's on round two. She's 11 weeks deep. She started at 75.6 kg and she's now 73 kg. So she's lost 2.6 kg in 11 weeks. So she's lost, but she feels like it's been like a long time and she really liked to you know try and get the ball rolling again uh she says she does four to five workouts a week and 10 to twelve thousand steps a week so expenditure is great in terms of calories she's on 1500 to 1600 per day so this is definitely what we would call a deficit she's five foot eight and has pcos so she's taller which means she should be kind of on the higher end of a deficit but she has pcos which maybe will pull her back down um, she's not moving at all and uh, her waist measurement has stayed at 32 inches uh, throughout so what I told her to, well first I said it's a great loss so that's great um, scales are not the best measure of everything so don't freak out about that hit consistently five workouts and 12k steps your calories are good we can consider dropping them but I wanted to see progress pictures and there is progress but she's right it's not you know it's not like mind-blowing for 11 weeks um there nonetheless though and then she updated for me her uh her tracking so when this happens guys when we're like well okay so your expenditure's good 
your calories are good. Um, and you know, she's, she's really like, she checks in with me like all the time and she's, she seems to be really of the opinion that she's smashing it. What's going on. It tends to be a tracking error. It tends to be that there's something that you're eating in your day-to-day diet, which you're either mistracking either you or my fitness pal, it might not be your fault at all. Um, and it's pulling you out of your deficit or it can even be, and I did a post on this yesterday, uh, your macro split. You know, if you're, if you take into consideration the thermic effect of food and the, uh, part of the reason why Emma say we really want you guys hitting fiber and protein is because you're going to hit calories and also those calories are going to come at a higher expenditure in terms of your digestion and your breakdown. It's not something we need to be overly pedantic about, but it's a good tool to have in your box if you don't really want to drop calories quite yet is to look at the macro split, if that makes sense. So looking at her tracking, um, everything seems to be completely in line other than one thing, which is there's Brazil nuts in there, which have zero calories next to it. Um, obviously, nuts are really calorific. So I told her, are you having them? She said, oh, no, I don't know why it's in there. But I will say this. If you are having nuts and it's coming up at zero calories, that's a big problem. Um, so that's the first thing. Everything else looks pretty good. She's um, she's having a lot of protein and a lot of veg and she's stuck. So I wanted to bring Emma into it and say, Emma, what are your thoughts on this? How? What do you think might be happening? And what do you think she should potentially do? Okay, so I have a few more questions. Like, is she eating out a lot? No. No. She was, so she was, and this is something that might be, this. so she might be in a much more, um, what's the word, uh, real, in a real calorie deficit now, because she went a long period of time throughout these 11 weeks snacking on her kids' food. And tracking it, but when you snack on kids' food and you track it, you're often not tracking the actual amount and it can pull you out of your deficit. Um, So it could be that this is a hangover from that and she needs to be patient for a couple more weeks, but continue. And then I would say that like having PCOS may mean that your basal metabolic rate is a little bit lower, may mean that you need to diet on slightly lower calories. So I wouldn't be... Like if we're very sure that consistency and adherence is there, then potentially dropping calories is going to be the next thing. Now, did she say she's quite hungry or? No, no. She basically no. She's she basically, and I can see it. I can see what she's saying. I'm I'm looking at her photos. She's she, she for eleven weeks. She wants to be further than where she is. She is already quite petite, even though she's five foot eight. Her frame is quite petite, which will obviously be playing a role in her in her rate of loss. Um, but yeah, she's. I think she's frustrated, and I've, I'm kind of. Um, I wanted to bring you into it because I thought we could discuss it. Yeah, no, I think it's a good little case study as well because mm-hmm. many others are in sort of. Well, like you can often be in a similar position. Um. I think I would probably at this stage, if we are sure about that adherence, then possibly drop calories. And I would do so by lowering carbs just to keep satiety levels up. Mm -hmm. Um, And the potential benefit in terms of PCOS, if you're a little bit insulin resistant or a little bit less insulin sensitive. But this, like I have quite a lot of clients who have PCOS and this like does tend to be kind of what happens. Like they do tend to be on lower calories and, we obviously don't want to go there straight away because also you get clients who have PCOS who don't need to be on lower calories and it doesn't seem to affect their basal metabolic rate. So it's not like a one size fits all. And if you tick this box, then we need to do this. 
it's always going to be we're going to start you as high as possible and then we're going to monitor and adapt from there and at this point yeah. I probably would lower calories yeah um I completely agree with Emma and I'm glad that I I'm, I'm glad I did this I know a lot of people might be like what why are you doing this but this is someone who's like feeling very disheartened and frustrated and it is tricky it's a tricky one um so the first thing obviously we look at is expenditure so Nanette you know I've told you this already but I want you really doing a consistent five workouts a week and a consistent 12,000 steps a day that is like your expenditure law um I agree with Emma look you're five foot eight um but you are actually quite petite in terms of your frame and you do have PCOS so I would say, why don't we lower you to anywhere between 1400 to 1500, somewhere in that bracket. And I want you to look at your macro split as well. This is, like I say, this is where now, um, and if someone's really stuck and there's not, we're not really moving anywhere, this is where there's tiny nuances that we don't necessarily want the vast majority of you to care about. This is where we start to focus on those small nuances. So I really would like you hitting somewhere in the region of 100 minimum to 150 maximum grams of protein per day and I want you breaking that up in terms of 30 to 40 grams per meal if you can throughout the course of the day and really focusing on fibrous veg so lots and lots of veg um, and after in every meal this will keep you satiated and full because obviously 14 to 1500 calories is lower especially for someone who's five foot eight and with that expenditure it will keep you full um, and it will uh, it might potentially see a little bit of your calorie expenditure through the thermic effect of food. Just a, it's going to be tiny, but it might be a few hundred extra calories a week, which might push you further into that deficit. So it's a good thing to think about. And I agree with Emma. I would think about maybe focusing a little bit more on fats as your energy macro over carbohydrates. If we can't get the ball rolling. By the end of this round, um, well, by the last week, obviously, I'm not going to, I don't know if you're coming back or not, and I'm not just going to leave you and be like, well, it didn't work, bye. Um, but if by the last couple weeks, if, if none of this works, because obviously I want you to do this for at least two weeks now, we're coming up to week five. If, 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 if by the last week this hasn't worked, I want you to tag me and we're going to have to come up with maybe a little bit more of a longer game plan for you. Because um, it could be you talk about the fact that you did. She did a really savage diet before, and she said that she came, she got really really tiny. She I think to use her words, she looked very ribby. So it could be that you've had some metabolic adaptation occur, and what you're doing now is just not cutting the mustard. But I want to try this first. Then in week seven we can come back to it and consider whether or not it is metabolic adaptation that we need to spend some time fixing. Yeah, so to, and, and also just a potential tip, and this may or may not apply to you, but I have a client who has PCOS. She is very petite already, but she needs to maintain on about 1300 calories, which is extremely low. And like through knowing her for a long time and having a very good relationship with her, uh, I actually think she is very adherent to that. So normally I'd yeah. be like, oh, you're on 1300 calories. Like, I don't. Like, I actually don't think you are, given your current weight and your activity levels and your workouts. Like, you're not, effectively. But there are certain situations where, like, someone is. And I think mm -hmm. with her, she actually is. She probably has, like, quite largely affected by her PCOS. Yeah. So, with her, we fast. She fasts in the morning. Yeah. And she doesn't struggle with that. Now, I'm not suggesting fasting to everyone and I'm also not suggesting it, especially if you've struggled with like binge eating or anything in the past, like that can just exacerbate yeah. the problem. 
but for some people it actually works ridiculously well and i found that if you're on very low calories so let's say you're trying to stick to 1400 calories but you're still trying to get in for like three meals and a snack in every day sometimes these meals can become very very small and -hmm. also if you're eating with your family so I know you've got kids which means you're probably going to have at least your evening meal with a family a Mm -hmm. family probably your family just some family that you (laughs) hello can I come in for dinner (laughs) yeah um but yeah so you're probably going to have your evening meal with your family which means you want a bit more flexibility you don't want to only have 300 calories left for your evening meal so if you for example skipped lunch or skipped breakfast or didn't have your snack or something and just stuck to those meals or did some time restricted feeding that might be quite useful as well one thing I would say is probably drop like any snacking you're doing so I know that you, I think you've stopped this already, but like little things from your kids' meals. No, you want to sit I down and have... I will say she hasn't fully stopped snacking because I can see that she's got like h- half a grenade bar in there. I know a grenade bar is 60 grams. I can see that 30 and like half an apple and like a teaspoon of nut butter. And like, this is fine if you're tracking it, but snacking is snacking is very difficult to track accurately. And it can often be the thing that is fucking up your deficit even if you think you're putting it all right oh, it it almost always is mm-hmm. but equally it, like that's kind of an aside like if you're if you're trying to stick to 1400 calories and you're snacking and having three oh. meals a day your meals just become like meaningless and then you end up just snacking the whole day and then you're never having like satiating meals which i think yeah. a lot of people struggle with on lower calories they're like I'm always hungry and it's like yeah because your meals are so small that they could never satiate you because you're not understanding nutrition and this is where like you know and it works both ways both my fitness pal and food food bibles and meal plans are going to teach you how to understand nutrition when you understand nutrition dieting becomes so much easier like just and also not dieting becomes easier and also like understanding what you need to do to to fuel hypertrophy sessions and actual you know results it all just becomes a lot easier you know and emma's right if you don't understand that and you're you're snacking throughout the day and then you're like oh my god i'm so hungry you don't have to be hungry we can absolutely carb that um but you have to you have to have the right nutritional you have to have the right macro split and, and nutritional makeup and understanding Agreed. Right. Well, we've got to the end of the questions. Do you have anything else you want to cover? Um, I'm actually really glad we just did that because also I think as a coach on like a personal and professional level, there are times where you're just like, hmm, I, I often will find that there are people, obviously other coaches I know that I'll pull into it and be like, can you think this mm. through with me? Because, you know, you know, there's well, that's only why so it's good having both of us because it's like, well, from this I perspective, know. I do this, from this, I do this. And then it's also like your... Yeah, like you learn, obviously we learn from each other, but like different perspectives and what we do and our experiences. That's why you've got two coaches. No, oh, we're so great together. Um, so no, I'm really proud of you guys. I, like it's the, the positive mental attitude coming off you lot in a weird time where people are feeling really panicked and freaked out. It's fucking fantastic. I'm so proud that you're my clients, honestly, our clients. Um, I'm so proud of you all. And um yeah, I, I honestly, I'm just feeling really, it's funny, like it, a lot of you say things like, thank you, you're making me feel really positive. It really does work both ways. Yeah. Um, it's, it, yeah, it's lovely it's that we It's contagious as well. Like that's what I was saying in the group. Like 
you know, one person being really positive. And it's not fake positivity either. It's like real, genuine care for each other as well. Like we want everyone to do their best. And we but even if that... it is fake, it's like fake it till you make it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Do it. Oh. Sorry, I thought I interrupted you. So I just chimed in and then I chimed back out again. <laughs> no, I'm uh... good. So we're going to try and get James on tomorrow. Yeah, I'm seeing... I'm. Oh. Probably, probably shouldn't share that. Yes. <laughs> okay then. He's, he's my husband. I mean, Jesus Christ. He's in my bubble. He's he, he's my husband. So I am seeing him tomorrow. It's happening. Good. 